Hello, and welcome to Holdness Road Methodist Church Audio Worship. The audio you are about to hear was broadcast on Sunday the 16th of May. Good morning and welcome to worship. Today we welcome our friends from Hedden and anybody else joining us for worship. We also welcome Deacon Peter, who will bring us a reflection later on. Our call to worship. May we know the presence of God as we worship. May we experience unity in Jesus as we worship. As we worship, may we be blessed. Amen. Our first hymn this morning, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we worship you today as the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. 
We bring you our praise and we dedicate our lives to your service. Lord Jesus Christ, we fail you so much in our lives, time and time again. We have failed to love our neighbour, being slow to forgive, swift to pass judgment and careless of the needs of others. Yet through the immensity of your grace and the awesomeness of your sacrifice, you offer us redemption from all our sins and a renewal of life. Through you, we have found joy and fulfilment, love and peace, grace and mercy. We have been born again to a living hope, our sins forgiven, our lives renewed and our salvation assured. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for the truth at the heart of this day, that you came to save not just a few, not simply your own people, but all the world. We thank you that no one is outside your love, whoever they may be or whatever they may have done. You value all, have time for all and respond to all. Mighty Saviour, in thanks we worship you, now and always. Amen. Good morning. It's a privilege to be able to share worship with you today. We're going to look at two New Testament passages under the heading, The Chosen One. I think most people tuning in will know that I was born in Pittsmore, an inner city part of Sheffield. I've often mentioned about how good Sheffield Wednesday are, but not this year. I wonder why. Could it be the fact that they are probably going to get relegated to Division 1 when Hull are likely to take their place in the Championship? Next to the local primary school I went to was a recreation ground called simply The Wreck. It was a large piece of flatland, which in itself was remarkable because Sheffield is built on seven hills. It wasn't one of those nice grassy areas, it was literally made up of loose cinders. You finished up with dusty footwear and socks, and if you fell and grazed a knee or elbow, out would come the antiseptic and the cotton wool. You had to put up with the stinging to get all the grit out or finish up at the doctor's or hospital. But it was our Wembley or Bramall Lane when it was a cricket ground and the mighty Yorkshire cricket teams of the late 50s and early 60s came and played. When a group of us had gathered, it was time to choose the team which was all right if you were one of the captains, but not quite so good if you were small, skinny, award NHS glasses. I digress slightly, but who remembers those Harry Potter style plastic frames and coiled spring sides? And if you were a bit rough taking them off, the sides began to uncoil and you'd finish up with the bit that went round your ear, halfway down your neck. Anyway, back to the choosing of the teams. The best players were always chosen first. 
then the best of the rest, then the ones nobody really wanted. You stood there, hopping from like to like, willing someone would choose you. It wasn't quite so bad if there were an even number, but if it was an odd number and you were the last one standing, it was quite humiliating. I wonder, did it happen to you? So let's have a look at our first passage of scripture. Acts chapter 1, verses 15 to 17 and 21 to 26. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers and sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in our ministry. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken from us for his resurrection. So they nominated Joseph, called Barsabbas, also known as Justus, and Matthias. They prayed, Lord, you know everybody's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias. So he was added to the eleven apostles. I would like to suggest that there are three important parts to this passage. The first is that having identified the need to replace Judas, they set about describing the job of an apostle and then looked to the qualifications needed to perform the task. In management speak of about 20 years ago, they set out the job description and person specification. When I worked for Action for Children, we regularly interviewed for a variety of positions and the job description and the person specification got longer and longer. The job description for an apostle was simply to be a witness to the resurrection of Jesus. The late William Barclay in his commentary on this passage wrote, the basic mistake of Christianity is to regard Jesus as someone who lived and died and whose life we study and whose life we read. Jesus is not a figure in a book. He is a living presence. And the Christian is a person whose life is a witness to the fact that they know and have met the risen Lord. The person's specification was also simple. The person was to have been with the larger group for the whole time Jesus went about his ministry until his death and resurrection. The second part was that having identified two people, they prayed, Lord, 
you know everyone's heart, show us the person you have chosen. I wonder when the last time a church council had to choose between two people for a particular job and how they went about selecting that person. The third important part in the passage was that they cast lots. While this may seem a strange way to choose, it was quite a common practice in Old Testament times. References to the practice can be found in Exodus chapter 28 verse 30, Numbers chapter 26 verse 53, Proverbs chapter 16 verse 33. Nehemiah chapter 11 verse 1, Jonah chapter 1 verse 7. But I guess the one we are most familiar with is Psalm 22 verse 18, where we read that Roman soldiers would cast lots for Jesus' clothing while he was being crucified. It was also used when it came to choosing those who would serve in the temple. The candidate's name would be written on an individual stone and the stone placed in a clay jar and shaken until the stone fell out. The name that was written on the stone would be the person that served in the temple. Let's now look at our second reading, Luke chapter 24, verses 44 to 53. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out into the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. Jesus had been telling his disciples and anyone else who would listen, that he was the chosen one promised by God to redeem God's people. This passage was one of the last opportunities Jesus would have to reinforce that message before ascending into heaven. God had chosen his only son, Jesus, to be the sacrifice necessary to enable people to repent of their sins. Up to that point, the Jews had an elaborate system of animal sacrifice. 
for different sins. A system that had to be repeated time and again. The selfless act of Jesus' death on a cross outside the city walls of Jerusalem was the once and for all time gift that will provide not only the Jew but the Gentile with the opportunity to bring their sins before God without having to sacrifice an animal. Having reminded the disciples of their mission to come, of testifying to his resurrection, he tells them he will send God's promise of the Holy Spirit to help them with the task. The passage concludes with that very powerful picture of Jesus blessing the disciples before he takes up his rightful place in heaven. I wonder how they felt. Yes, the scripture tells us they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. But I wonder whether it was tinged with apprehension about the task ahead of them. To conclude, as we approach the time when we remember the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, let us remind ourselves that God has chosen each and every one of us to be his representatives where we live. Let us also remind ourselves to bring every decision we need to make individually and collectively as the body of Christ and ask God to tell us what that decision should be. Amen. And now our prayers of intercession. Listening, loving God, we place before you the challenges we face as we seek to live a life that is truly informed by our faith. Around us we see selfishness, corruption and a lack of compassion or concern for others. Power and control appear to be the aim of many. Bless us, we pray. Forgive our failings. Be sovereign over our lives so that faith is full within us. That boldness to work to change the world is within us. That love of neighbour, of enemy, of all people is our goal. Give peace and healing, we pray, to those who struggle to maintain their lives and those of their families. Give wisdom and insight, we pray, to those who work in search of medicines and treatments to help those who are ill and suffer physically, mentally or emotionally. Give wisdom to those who govern locally regionally, nationally and internationally. May we see a world of peace, of fair trade and shared resources. Give wisdom and strength, vision and purpose, expertise and renewed spirit to the people of your church so that the future may be faced with confidence and with that hope which is to be found only in you.
Bless the compassionate and the just, and all those who walk alongside those in need. Giving God, may we give to you all that we are and all that we might ever be. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. We say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Thank you very much, Peter, for your thoughts today. Now please join us as we sing our final hymn, Before the Throne of God Above.
Now a prayer of blessing. The blessing of God, who is of day and of night, of last year, this year and the years to come, be upon us, that always we may know comfort and healing, hope and strength, through Jesus Christ, risen and ascended Lord. Amen.